This is episode 313 of The Amy Ehlers Show. I'm your host, you guessed it, Amy Ehlers. And this show is especially for powerful, high-achieving, rising, established women leaders that are ready to stop being so hard on themselves so they can make their greatest contribution. Show notes for today's episode can be found at amyaylorshow.com forward slash 313. Today's episode is called Reckoning with Whiteness. Oh yeah, we are going there, ladies. We are going there. And this is an invitation for all of you that are white, for all of you that are women and people of color to gather around with an incredible expert that I have brought onto the show that I'm so excited to interview the amazing Rebecca Ossed Molina. She is a lifelong seeker of meaning, purpose, and justice. Rebecca has invented her own job since 2000, oh yeah, and today she works with women in leadership positions to help them find their voice, connect with their wholeness, and engage with their deepest purpose as they navigate the waters of race, gender, and inequality. Rebecca serves as on faculty at Leadership That Works, an accredited coach training program, and facilitates a course on interpersonal dynamics at, you know, the slacker school called Stanford Graduate School of Business. <laughs> when not coaching or consulting, Rebecca can be found dancing at Rhythm and Motion, lost in a novel, or cheering on her teenage kids on the basketball court or in the dance studio. Her website is rebecca-asedmolina.com. And she also has a fantastic program called Authentic Solidarity Leadership Program, a program for white anti-racist women. And I am so excited and delighted to have her here on the show today to dive into the deep waters of this topic of reckoning with whiteness. Rebecca, thank you so much for being willing to come and be on the Amy Ehler Show to talk about this important topic. Thank you, Amy. It's my honor and pleasure to be here with you and to talk about this with you and, and your listeners. I'm thrilled. Yes. Well, let's dive in. I'd love for you to share a bit of your background of what's really inspired you to dive into this topic. And by the way, everyone, I highly recommend checking out Rebecca's website, and her program, and also checking out her incredible articles on medium.com. She's written some doozies over there that I have just been diving into. So I just wanted to give a shout out there, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and what's inspired you. Oh gosh. Well, let's see my background. I've been working in nonprofit social change work um, for about 20 years. Um, as you said in my bio, I, pretty early on decided that I wanted to kind of do my own thing. Mm -hmm. I was pretty, um, one of the first things that stood out to me when I first started working was actually how dysfunctional the relationships within organizations were. And yeah. particularly even in a, in a nonprofit where like the mission is around change and equality and justice and like all of these beautiful values, but then seeing that the dynamics inside the organization just didn't really line up with that mission. Mm. So I've often just found myself in the role of um, facilitator, thought partner, critiquer. Um, and I just have always, I think, been 
a visionary and an optimist at the end of the day and, and really wanting more for organizations. Like this can't be like this. Come on, guys and, and women and everyone. Like yeah. this is not cool. This is not what we're about. We can't treat each other this way. We need to be more honest with each other. We need to be more encouraging of one another. And we need to challenge each other and call each other out when needed as well. So that's yeah. that's kind of how I got my start. Um in this work. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love what you just said, because I think that most of the women listening have had that experience. And certainly I have as someone that's in the self-help author world and personal Mm -hmm. development and business development world where, you know, people are writing these amazing books about compassion or incredible books about you know, feminine leadership or books about authenticity. And then you meet them and they're a total asshole, excuse my language, but Mm -hmm, there's like mm -hmm, a total mm -hmm. dissonance. And whether it's one individual or like you said, in the nonprofit sector and inside companies where, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they're a, you know, triple bottom line company that's really looking at how they're impacting the planet and how they're impacting profits and people and all of these things. And they're talking that talk, but they're not walking that walk what's up with that? Why do you feel like that is so prevalent inside organizations? Yeah. I mean, it's a question I've grappled with for many years. Um, you know, I think that, I think a lot of it's fear. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it too, you know, we talk about, there's a lot in, in the kind of collective consciousness right now, which I think is actually really helpful and really good around white supremacy culture. Yes. And it's this idea, you know, that there are certain habits that are promoted by the dominant culture, which is, you know, mostly male, white, heterosexual. And it's, it's just been ingrained in us for so many hundreds of years that things like competition, perfectionism, scarcity, um, just are so entrenched and that there's this sort of subconscious sense that unless we outdo person over here on our left and show off and are better than, you know, this, this person, that's the only way I'm going to be belong or feel legitimate or feel good about myself, feel successful if I outdo somebody. Um, and I think that finally now organizational leaders, at least the ones on the cutting edge, the ones that I'm working with, are really questioning, questioning that. And it's, it's an opportunity for us, you know, when we look at diversity and equity and inclusion, not only is it an opportunity for us to find each other again and meet each other and connect on a different level, but it's also an opportunity for all of us to kind of let go of these habits that haven't been serving anyone. You know, not only are they harmful for people of color, for women, for people who don't have the same credentials or, you know, letters after their name, but really practicing these habits of competition and perfectionism and scarcity, it's, it's damaging to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, when you go inside an organization and when you also work with people like in the authentic solidarity leadership program that you have, what are Mm -hmm. you really finding 
are the key things, like the, the kind of the symptoms that the white supremacist culture is really dominating inside those companies or even inside individuals? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that there's a sense that, um, you know, if, if, for example, I mean, people who are coming into the authentic solidarity program are coming in with an intention around taking a stronger stand around equity. Mm -hmm. Maybe their organization has an initiative um, that they want to be a part of. Maybe they're just sort of seeing the writing on the wall. Like if I don't get on this and figure this out, I'm going to be out of a job. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there's just an internal yearning and desire to really take their work and their own values, you know, to another level. And they're sort of seeing that they've gotten stagnant, you know, in that mm -hmm. area. So th that's sort of some of the reasons why people come in. Yeah. And then once we create trust, and even in the conversations that I have with people before they commit to the program, I hear things like, um, you know, the basic thing of, I'm scared I'm going to offend somebody. I'm right. scared I'm going to say the wrong thing. Right. Um, or I, who am I to be a leader? I'm not an expert on this. So I'd, I'd rather just step, step back and let somebody else lead. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, maybe this is like, am I taking, biting off too much that, more than I can chew? Like, I'm not a diversity, equity, you know, leader. I'm dedicated to inno innovation or I'm dedicated to strategic planning or whatever it may be. There's this sort of tension between like, I think underneath it, who am I to really be a leader around equity and inclusion? Well, and I think when in fact yeah. we need everyone to step it up, right? Right. Well, and uh, you know, I was just going to say that it feels like you know myself being a privileged white woman, you know, mm. cisgendered, right? I I'm in a heterosexual, you know, I have like the two kids and the white husband, and here we are, this little mm -hmm. white family, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so there can be that feeling for people that present as white or are white mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. them to feel like, like you said, don't want to get it wrong. Don't want to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. Don't want to make a mistake. And mm -hmm. shouldn't we be having people of color be the ones to teach us? Mm -hmm. I know. And this is something that in your great article on medium around why so many of that diversity and inclusion programs and equity programs fail. And will you just talk a little bit about that and about that distinction that you've been making around kind of the two different camps that exist around diversity mm -hmm. and, um, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So the two, the two camps that I see, you know, there's probably more, but at least there's, there is this kind of dichotomy that I see uh, in, in this work. So there's this one camp of folks that say, you know what, these diversity programs, these workshops, these initiatives, they're all about shame and blame. No one's going to want to sign up for that. Um, particularly, you know, the white people who need the message the most are, you know, just not going to voluntarily step in and be ripped to shreds. So we need to make these kinds of conversations safer. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one camp. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is certainly something that I hear, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the other 
on the other side, there's like this other, you know, no, white people are too fragile. Mm-hmm. They need to toughen up. They need to wake up. They need to take action. And unless you are, you know, on the front lines with me, you're not doing enough. And, you know, there's what happens then, I think, I think there's some truth in both of those mm-hmm. camps. First yeah. of all, I will say, yeah, um, I do personally believe that psychological safety is a key component to learning. Mm. Um, as I also believe that we all, those of us with privilege in particular, we have to take risks mm-hmm. and we have to leverage our privilege for good. We can't just talk. We can't just share our values or encourage you know, say that we support people of color without taking some, frankly, some personal and professional risks if we really do want to be part of the solution. Mm. Um, And it's a shame that there's this sort of back and forth between one camp and the other and each one kind of critiquing the other. Um, And actually what I feel like is a kind of missing piece is an opportunity for it is an opportunity. It's been a missed opportunity for many years for white people to do the kind of deep emotional work of really reckoning with, with the privilege that we have and really the horrors of our past, because it is a tragedy what has happened in this country. It is a tragedy what our country is built on. And the thing is, like, if we're really going to face that, of course we're going to have an emotional reaction Mm. to that. Mm. Mm. Now, do we want to ask people of color to sit there and listen to that? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. (laughs) No. Right. 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 No. So it needs to be in a separate space. It needs to be on our own time. It, you know, we need to take the initiative, organize it. Like, you know, one of my, my colleagues, a participant in another program I do, a woman of color, she was, you know, she said it so beautifully recently. She was like, I really want y'all to do your work talking to the white folks. I really do. I support your healing. I support your growth. I want you to, to, to do all of that. I just don't want to have to watch it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I just, I, I don't. And I, I get that. Yeah. And so because people haven't seen you, you are also a white woman. I just realized we hadn't actually yes. said that. Yes. Right. That's and, right. I do identify as white. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that there, there's something really valuable. This is why I think authentic solidarity is so powerful because it is a program for white anti-racist women. And I know that in the uh, personal development, self-help world, there has been a, you know, a lot of articles, and I'm sure you've seen and read a, a lot of them, Rebecca, mm-hmm. about the spiritual white women out there, which I'm a spiritual mm-hmm. white woman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. really paying attention to the calling out of spiritual white women that mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, love and lighting um, and saying, oh, mm-hmm. love and light, thoughts and prayers, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. then we're not doing our mm-hmm. work. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. really 
feeling with the work that you're doing and other leaders, you know, in, in the communities are doing of saying, let's reach out our hand and gather together to say, mm -hmm. what is the work mm -hmm. that we need to do? And let's roll up our sleeves and actually get down to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And many of the, the women that have expressed interest in this program have said, wow, I've, I've been trying to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure this out. And I've been doing my work, but I've been trying to do it alone. Yeah. And the opportunity to actually sit down with other white identified women who are also committed to, you know, making change in the world, but also making change within themselves. Um, and to do that in a place that is supportive and encouraging, um, but also like committed to action and, you know, we're going to lovingly hold each other accountable is such just, but to do it in community and to yeah. not feel like I have to do that alone has been such a need that I kind of knew that was out there, but it just gets getting repeated over and over and over again. And it's part of that white supremacy culture of trying to, you know, be an individual, figure it out. Don't, right. you know, demonstrate that you don't know what you're talking about, you know, do your work first and then go out there and be public about your values. Yeah. And really what this program's about is like, you don't have to have it all figured out. None of us have it all figured out. Let's come and support each other. Yeah. Let's figure it out together. What are some inspired actions that like almost like inspired homework assignments that you would want to give to white anti-racist women that are listening. Mm -hmm. Tell mm -hmm. it, like, what are some of those beginner steps for us to really start doing our work? Mm. Well, let's see. Um, I mean, I think, I thought you were going to ask a slightly different question. So <laughs> what'd you, I'll, I'll... what's the question you thought I was going to ask? Maybe it's a better one. <laughs> well, there's sort of two, there's a, it's kind of a two part question, right? Yeah. And there, I think this work in general is a two part. There's a two part at least um, to it. You know, there's the internal work yes. around um, reflecting on and surfacing and being okay with like what you don't know. And then from there, educating yourself. So whether that's looking for, you know, women of color podcasts or other white ally podcasts mm -hmm. or articles or books. And really rather than like asking your colleague um, at work who's a person of color to educate you to, to take some initiative, ask around, start somewhere and start doing your own education. Mm. And, you know, the, the, so that's, that's one, you know, piece of um, advice. And the, the Authentic Solidarity Program, it's a huge part of what we offer is resources yeah. um, for, for people to read and then unpack together so that you're not, you know, to, re to read or to, to listen. Um, so that's one piece. Yeah. And then I think that there's another piece around so so there's the internal work and then you know one of the the great antidotes to guilt and I'm just going to say it most of us have some layer or level of white guilt when we're confronted with our privilege mm -hmm. and I know that at least in my field in the nonprofit kind of mission oriented work that's like a bad word like no one wants to admit that they have white guilt mm -hmm. every everyone that I know who's like on this 
path is like, no, I'm past white guilt, I'm taking action. And I think it's important to just notice and be with that feeling mm-hmm. of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and the antidote to guilt really is taking what taking action. So thinking about action on various different levels. Um, you know, action can be something as simple as, you know, in your home community, at your, your child's school, um, not... I know this has been a, uh, this is a kind of a vulnerable share for me, you know, given that I've done this work for so long, sometimes I, I feel like I've, I, I've got that. I should know all this. I should be beyond all this kind of narrative in my head that I have to counter. Mm-hmm. And rather than waiting for a person of color, another family in, in the organ, in your children's school to be the one to introduce themselves to you and be the one to say, Hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you. How about you take the initiative and really reach out to somebody and say, you know, I'm not going to wait. I, you don't have to make it into a whole charade, but just simply, hey, you know, nice to meet you. Or um, what do you think about, you know, this year's festival that's coming up? Mm. Make conversation. And I think that I think there's this assumption that like, oh, well, maybe that person doesn't want to hear from me or maybe that person's off in their own, you know, click or community and who am I? Just take a risk, reach out, start to say hello. Yeah. You know, it really, that, that's one action that you can take um, at a very basic level. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think there's all sorts of stuff in between, but ultimately, hopefully, um, you know, the women that are coming into this program are going to be setting you know, stretch goals around having brave conversations with their CEO mm-hmm. around what is our recruitment and leadership development strategy around making sure that our leadership bench is diverse. Yeah. And being a voice and saying, that's important to me. Yeah. I want to make sure that that's a target at the very least that we set as a company. Yeah. And I think it's important that I, as a white woman, take a stand and say that and not expect only the staff of color to be the ones making that case. Yeah. I love that. And I think that whether that's, you know, if you're inside an organization or it's at your children's school and you're noticing there's not a lot of diversity in the student body or in the faculty, really taking Mm -hmm. a stand in that way. The same thing for those of you that are entrepreneurs. This was, you know, one of the big things that happened in the last couple of years in, you know, the personal development space of, you know, a lot of online summits and online classes where everybody that is the featured speaker is white. There's no diversity happening there. And so there was really a call out of like, why are all of these summits happening, these online seminars happening, these telesummit type things happening, and there's not a representation of people of different, you know, and it it really like some of these is like you look at them and be like, okay, it's the same age, the same look, the same body type. (laughs) They're all, they're all heterosexual. Like they all identify as women and they're all white. What the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that picture? Yeah. Yeah. And and saying, yeah. 
and I know even here on, on my podcast, I've really been going, oh, because for a while I really stepped it up around, okay, how can I make sure to have different people with different backgrounds, different colored skin, different sizes, different ages, different sexual orientations, all of this Mm-hmm. Like really trying mm-hmm. to make more diversity and it's something that I'm still working on that it's, you know, just to be vulnerable yeah. here is yeah. something that I really care about and have kind of dropped the ball on this year on the show. Mm-hmm. And so really mm-hmm. looking at that and saying, okay, I need to make certain that I'm having more diversity of voice. Um, if I'm right. right. here on the show, you know, whatever right. it is, right. whether, you know, whatever your world is, whatever game you're playing, right in your career, yes. in your personal life, looking around, looking at your dinner party, looking yep. at your birthday party and saying, okay, is there, do I have a diverse, like a, the richness and the joy of having diversity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a beautiful, a beautiful thing. What, l- let me ask you this question. I know we're starting to wrap up here, but what would you say is the benefit? Like what's the mm-hmm. big for us yeah. as white women to do this work and to really take the stand in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do believe that, I mean, the benefits are so huge. Mm. Um, I mean, we are, we're living in a world that is just so full of pain yeah. and violence. Yeah. You know, and we do our best as human beings to like compartmentalize and move through it. But that the pain that our community as human beings is experiencing on a daily basis, like it affects us, you know, whether we're kind of aware of it or not. Right. That and whether it's divisions that we feel, um, a lack of connection, a lack of intimacy, and then just the, the sheer pain, you know, of people not being safe mm-hmm. in, our, in our own communities. And so for me, what I believe is the benefit is to feel as though it is a joy. I'm like, I do believe that it actually is a great joy to notice the places where I have been blind or I've looked away or I've gotten frozen and say, you know what? I can change. I don't have to always, I don't have to have that be my habitual response. I can, I can turn towards somebody. I can say to somebody, you know what? I effed up. I didn't realize it. Thank you for letting me know. And I'm turning towards you to express my appreciation and to make a commitment to change. And the more that we can do that, the, the closer that we feel to one another, but the more that pain, that collective pain actually gets healed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a joyous experience. I think that's, it's not something that I feel like I used to feel like it's sort of a responsibility and something that I sort of like, you know, had to do. And now I just do it because, of course, it, it feels good mm-hmm. to rid myself of biases, to confront the places that I was blind, and to be able to wake up and to connect. 
-hmm. and develop those kind of relationships and be part of the healing that's really needed. Beautiful. So you can learn more about Rebecca's program for white anti-racist women called Authentic Solidarity Leadership Program at her website, Rebecca-AssidMolina.com. And that's also in the show notes. And I just really want to encourage any of you that are resonating with this talk to go ahead and book a conversation with Rebecca and her team to talk about the potential of doing the course, because it's something that is so needed. And I'm so grateful that you're stepping up and doing this work, Rebecca, in this way, because I know oftentimes Mm -hmm. only people inside organizations get the joy of of working with you. And I'm glad that you've really opened Mm -hmm. this up for leaders inside organizations, leaders that are entrepreneurs or thought leaders or coaches or authors or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, or people that are stay at home moms that are doing their thing and they really want to make the world a better place for their children, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're Mm -hmm. up to, there's a place for you, um, here in, in this work. So I'm going to ask you Mm -hmm. one final question, Rebecca, that I ask all my guests, which Mm -hmm. is what's messy and what's magical about your life these days. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I mean, the messiness, it's like the same thing, right? The messiness right. is, um, you know, putting, it's like stepping out onto social media, mm-hmm. um, talking about race, talking about whiteness. I mean, talk about mess, messy. I mean, that <laughs> just feels like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I have days where I'm like, really? What did you sign up for? You know? Right. Um, and then the, the, the magic is, um, you know, people turning to me and saying, you know, I had someone say to me the other day, I've been looking for something like this for 20 years. Oh. I didn't know how to ask for it. I didn't know what it was that I was looking for, but I read your materials and this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Wow. And to be able to, to have that kind of impact on someone just, that is magic. That is definitely yeah. magic. So we're all the messiness and, you know, the critique and the vulnerability of like put, trying to, you know, do this um, is worth it when I get a response like that. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here. You're welcome. Thank oh, you. So Thank you, Amy. Oh, so appreciate it so much. And Thank you all so much for tuning in. I know that it's, you know, you've taken an action today by listening even to the short Absolutely. conversation. So know that in your heart and allow yourself to really deepen that and to start investigating those places internally and doing your own inner work. And for those of you that are people of color that have listened, I just want to also say thank you so much for listening and for caring what's, what's yeah. going on for us on this side of things as well. And know that I know I'll speak for Rebecca and myself and just saying that we see you and we feel you and we appreciate you so much for caring mm-hmm. about that. So with that, I'll just remind all of you to keep embracing the messiness and the magicness of life. Magicness, that's a new word. The messiness and the magic (laughs) of life. And to continue to do this work on a deep level and to continue rising and meeting. So until next time, it's Amy signing off. Bye-bye, everyone.